Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Saturday, January 14th, 2017, and welcome to episode number 37 of WWS Power Hour. Of course, the show that gives you all the all the uh, all our thoughts and opinions on the weekly lineup of all the shows in the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. I'm uh, hoping to have some more folks pop on in here soon. Uh, in the form of hopefully Key and W.O. Dwarke Smith and or the Iceman J.D. Jero DiGiolamo uh, to help me, hopefully will help me call the, give their thoughts and opinions as well on each show. Of course, here tonight, I mean this afternoon, in addition to going through all of our shows here this week, which of course include the return of one of our shows, uh, we will of course give you also the thoughts and opinions on uh, <clears throat> on all of our, like I said, on uh, the number of downloads for each show that we had here this week and give everyone's, uh, and give them, hopefully we'll give everyone's take on that here as well. Um, and like I say, any other rest of the news that will pop up here, we'll definitely bring it to your attention. Uh, plus here this afternoon, I think what we can go on ahead, we, we, we will go ahead and do is we'll also give Saturdays uh, with today's uh, history and birthdays here uh, since, of course, uh, we'll... Right. So we'll go ahead and take care of that here today here as well. And if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here on any of our shows here in the radio network here this week, please feel free to give us a call here. It is 1-724-444-7444. Call ID 141-364-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here in the world of pro wrestling and, and pretty much everything else that we have shared here this week here in the WWS Radio Network. We'll go ahead and start off here, ladies and gentlemen, with, of course, our review 
First off, of course, as we said, one of our shows didn't make his triumphant return after a two-week hiatus uh, from being off, of course, after Christmas and New Year's. And, of course, that show I'm referring to is, of course, WWS Raw Radio. Of course, um, <clears throat> pretty much now throughout most of the uh, East Coast was played, of course, by a real big snowstorm, of course, which did hit a lot of our areas here that, of course, for a lot of our people in the radio network are from, and also those who also listen to us as well. But, of course, you were able to chime in, to, to sit back and chime in on everything that we had to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, Keegan W.O. Gerard T. Smith, the Ice Manager, did you all know the human suplex machine, John Gross, and a plethora of guests came on here, of course, to discuss wrestling. Uh, of course, uh, uh, any wrestling news news that was making the rounds there that day, even any history and birthdays from that from the, uh, this past weekend, on until, like I said, this past Monday. Also, of course, uh, <clears throat> I'm sure a few little wrestling extras did, did come through as well, as well as, of course, ratings and predictions for this past Monday night's Raw show. Um, what we thought would be the ratings in the main event for this past Monday night Raw. And, of course, a little bit more discussion, of course, leading up towards the Royal Rumble coming up here on um, January the 29th, which is, which is coming up in about two weeks. So we'll definitely, we're definitely kind of itching in on that. Other than that, I said Raw Radio's return was a triumphant one indeed. And, of course, they'll be back on once again this coming Monday afternoon from 3 to 5 right here on TalkTube.com. Uh, remember, just join them, just join, like I said, Gerard, J.D., John, and the rest of the gang as they, of course, do their normal routine here, as we said, talk about Monday Night Raw and everything else here in pro wrestling. <clears throat> uh, 3 to 5 right here on TalkTube.com. As we said, call ID 138. 744 pound. Next up here, ladies and gentlemen, of course, is, is Double Dose Part One. As of course we brought Rizzy bringing you our two our two shows here every, every single Tuesday night. First off, it's from seven eight. Of course, we bring you WWS Wrestling Revisited, and of course, Keen W O N the Ice Band. Of course, uh, brought you a very hopped hop back into the WWS Time Machine, and they did bring you another. Uh, infamous moment here from the annals of pro wrestling, of professional wrestling history. Uh, I did did not quite catch what that one, which which one that one, which one it was exactly. But of course, it was a great moment. Not sure it was a great moment nonetheless. And of course, they do that every Tuesday night from <clears throat> from seven to eight right here on TalkShoe.com. Uh, King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith and the Ice Band Jeremy Geralmo. Of course, the WWS Wrestling Revisited. Call ID one three nine. 926 pound, like I said, every Tuesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Next up, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is of course, I of course brought back the Tuesday edition of Revolution. As of course, we did, as we, we of course, all did here, um, talk wrestling news and views. Of course, King Ice did bring that to our attention. Human Suplex Machine John Gross popped back on the chat box for a few little pieces of wrestling history and also some birthdays. Uh, we did discuss Monday Night Raw. Uh, <clears throat> it was a very, like I said, very unique show. Uh, we did not, uh, we spent, like I said, most of the night talking about the results of Monday Night Raw. We didn't really do a whole lot this past Tuesday night. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a great show, to say the least. Revolution, of course, uh, <clears throat> on three nights a week, of course, starting off with the Tuesday edition from 9 to 11, call ID 138055 pounds. 
Next up here, ladies and gentlemen, of course, is our Triple Threat Wednesday, as we bring you three shows in one evening. Uh, of course, uh, first off, we, myself and Jazz uh, fan Jared DiGiolamo did bring you WWS Outside the Ropes, as we, of course, discussed everything outside the wrestling world, all the other topics in terms of the of anything going on, courtesy of 411 Mania. Of course, we did talk about a few things there, uh, including, like I said, uh, <clears throat> uh, in the in the realm of movies, music, sports, uh, politics, uh, video games, anything that we talk about here, of course, we definitely brought it, brought it, brought it to your attention. Of course, one thing that was definitely heating up and we were talking about all week long is was the big announcement that the legendary San Diego Chargers we're going to be moving the Chargers. We're going to be moving from San Diego to Los Angeles, and it's created quite enough for in the city of San Diego having that having that team, and of course, a, a big part of that city for almost 50, over 50 years. Uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and before we go in any further with more discussion on outside the ropes, I do see we do have one of our guys popping on here this this afternoon. Of course, I have the Iceman himself, J.D. here. Did you all know here? Uh, joining me, J.D., uh, welcome and coming into episode number 37 of Power Hour. Good to be here. We got a little bit of a breaking news story that came in early this morning. Okay, and um, and before we proceed any further with our review of all of our shows this week, J.D. this message has a story in. Please, J.D., please proceed with your story. Well, according to reports from Ian Rappaport, however, that we heard this very early this morning, however, there are reports saying now, and it could be official, as I did send it to you, and, and in case anyone has not heard the news yet, apparently the Oakland Raiders could be the next team that is moving. According to reports, they might be finding out as early as this week sometime at some point. They might be on their way to Sin City, USA. Officially, Las Vegas, Nevada, so it looks like another NFL team is leaving California. My goodness, uh, it's it's unbelievable here. First, like I said, we have this big thing with the Chargers. Now we're just not discussing it. Now all of a sudden, you know, we heard this before about the possibility that the Raiders may end up moving uh, to our places, Las Vegas. Uh, unbelievable. So we're going to have to we're going to keep our eyes and ears open on that. Well, the word is, though, I mean, they might be playing first in Sam Boyd Stadium, the campus of UNLV, and they're staying for a few years, and then they could have a new dome stadium that could seat 65,000, 70,000 and cost them over $2 billion. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So there you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, another story there coming in right there. Of course, we thought, you mentioned before about the Raiders possibly making the move to Las Vegas, and now it looks like it will be official. So, I mean, we'll have to keep our eyes and ears open on that. And then, um, of course, like I say, Cal, of course, California, you know, of course, uh, is, being, is the one being played here by all these moves here in the sports world here lately, of course, especially here in the NFL. So that's um, unbelievable here, to say the least. Um, of course, like I said, uh, uh, thank you very much, here, Katie, for bringing up this new story here. Of course, more we brought to our attention. We're bringing more to that next Wednesday uh, evening, 30, of course, on WWS Outside the Ropes. Um, like you said before, one four one three eight seven pound. Of course, we're talking about right here, right now, with what we talked about here this week on outside the ropes. A lot of stories came in through four eleven mania. Uh, of course, I said we did bring in the story. We did talk about the story about San Diego, uh, the Chargers. Then uh, JD, of course, uh, like I said, brought up a bunch of stories in, of course, around the football world, uh, sports world. And then, of course, we uh, did a little bit of a twist there. Of course, nothing was really trending. 
that we had already talked about on Facebook. So what we did was, we of course once again, uh, of course this had nothing to do with the uh, uh, bonus rounds here that we've been doing here this week. It has nothing did not have that on or anything of that nature. Uh, and just had a little fun to see how how JD did fair didn't fair and all that stuff. And he went home with a little bit of. Uh, Spending money and of course another car out there. He's got about five or six in his park in his driveway right now. Yeah. Uh, his parents are wondering what the heck they're going to do with them. All I mean. Um, oh, I shared the wealth with one of them. There you go. Yeah, well, they got to have something to drive, man. Mm-hmm. Give them something. Well, you mean if you're going to put them there, that's going to be the stipulation. You got to let them share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, here, uh, uh, just to go back and reiterate here, of course, JD, I did bring up, of course. Uh, and uh, first off, before I let Jay, turn JD loose on his thoughts on what I've already talked about, I'll go back to this and that. But remember, outside the ropes, this uh, Wednesday evening from 6.30 to 7.30, call ID on, of course, Wednesday evening, uh, 141-387-POUND. Uh, JD, I did talk about, of course, uh, Raw Radio and Wrestling Revisited. I wanted to get your take on uh, what took place on both of those shows since you were pretty much involved with those. Well, Raw Radio was a very interesting show this week. We were back after our two-week sabbatical, and we definitely talked about uh, the Rumble. We uh, did some fancy matchups. We also talked about some of the uh, big news from the weekend, of course, with the playoffs starting off at the NFL last week. However, we kind of dulled into that, and we did a little bit of talk about the big upcoming game Monday night, which turned out to be a very exciting game Excuse me, on uh, Monday. Tuesday, I revisited, however. Uh, Gerard picked a good moment, however, and did the moments, however, the top ten Chris Jericho moments, however, as we uh, weighed in on those thoughts, as we did it with a little twist, though. Absolutely, and of course, like I said, catch, uh, like I said, J- of course, JD, of course, the main, one of the main men behind the ball radio, of course, one one three eight seven four four pound every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5, uh, once again, and also, Wrestling Revisited every Tuesday evening from 7 to 8, call out the 139-926. We'll go back to our triple threat Wednesday here, and now we'll go. We we'll turn to JD again for his for his take on what took place on WWS wrestling debate here. Him and uh, Gerard took the reins of that here this past Wednesday night from eight to nine. Of course, call ID for that is one three nine nine two five. JD, your uh, recap of what took place on wrestling debate this past Wednesday. Well, we knew the anniversary of Raw was officially here, however, and after looking after 24 years, we talked about the great, the not great, the not so great, and the unusual moments of the past 24 years of Monday Night Raw, so we delved into that. Absolutely, and of course, like I said, 24th, it's very interesting how, I mean, how Monday, Night, Monday Night Raw has stayed on here for this long. It's, uh, it's definitely unbelievable. It's one of the longest ones of all time. Was up there with like the likes of stuff like Mash and The Simpsons and all that. I mean, it's, it's been incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible to say the least. But uh, of course, like I said Reds in the Bay. Of course, you can catch it. Like I said every Wednesday night from eight to nine. Call ID one three one three nine nine two five pounds. Excuse me, I'll get that right in a minute. And that is like I said every Wednesday evening from eight to nine p.m. Uh, of course, once again we go back to Revolution this past Wednesday Wednesday evening. As we, of course, we all, as we have been doing, of course, our wrestling news and views. Uh, of course, uh, some interesting history and birthdays here uh, this past uh, uh, Wednesday night, as well as, of course, our review of SmackDown, as well as, of course, a few little extra things that we did. That we did, of course, uh, mostly some more stuff in our 
a little tournament that we have started here involving the, the Tic-Tac-Doe tennis game, Beat the Dragon game uh, with Gerard, uh, J.D., and John, of course. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of being very, very close there, to say the least. Very interesting there, to say the least. Uh, J.D., uh, anything to add about Wednesday's revolution? It was a close match much of the show, however, and obviously we continued it going into Thursday, but like you said, we did talk about SmackDown some of the other big news stories going on. Absolutely, but Revolution is also every Wednesday night from 9 to 11, of course, once again, the call ID is 138055-POUND. And what, before we go into Thursday and Friday, we're just going to take care of this here one more time. This little plug, 1-724-444-7444, call ID 141364-POUND. This is episode number 37 of WWS Power Hour for Saturday, January 14th, 2017. Um, of course, Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you as we continue to review all the shows here on the Radio Network for the past week. Now, joining me here, ladies and gentlemen, is, of course, one big part of the Raw Radio broadcast team. Of course, every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5 is the Iceman himself, J.D. Jeremy Girolamo. J.D., of course, is a 2015 WWS Hall of Famer. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, as well as all of our pretty much all pretty much all of our shows here in the radio network, uh, we continue on here, ladies and gentlemen, to our Thursday Thursday night uh, uh, Thursday night soiree, of course, Double Dose Part Two. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we we managed we were able to bring you another episode of Top Heel Inc. And of course, I will get JD on it to see what him and King W O cooked up here on Top Heel Inc. this past Thursday night. We did weigh on Chris Jericho, obviously. However, we talked about some of the stuff, however, that's happened, however, with uh, the unique moments, however, over the years, however. And then we had a little uh, thing that Gerard and I started this last week, and we um, did name association in a way. How I name a certain athlete, like wrestler from the past, whether it be diva, announcer, it doesn't really matter. We did discuss that, and that was quite an interesting show. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much there, uh, J.D., and, of course, like I said, Top Heel Inc. is, of course, like I said, when they bring you all the Top Heel, <clears throat> um, the moments of some of the best heels in pro wrestling's past and, past and present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, excuse me. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> but uh, like, I said, uh, like I said, every Thursday night from, seven, from uh, all the from 7 to 8, call ID 140562 pound, King W and the Iceman, and the Iceman, of course, I stand filling in for the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. And of course, they so continue to bring all the all the top heels from pro wrestling in present. Uh, and of course, like I said, been great here, uh, been great ever since. Of course, we've been able to revamp that a little bit, but we're now the top heel league is now back on uh, with no problem at all whatsoever. And uh, and they continue to bring some uh, great great stuff here. So continue to listen to that, and when we continue to go forward. Um, I apologize for a little bit of delay there. I had uh, something I had to take care of, but I'm back here. Uh, now we, of course, go into the second part of Double Dose Part 2. Of course, the second installment of the radio network, NWO Wolfpack. Of course, Wolfpack did this at this past uh, Thursday night. Of course, more wrestling news and views. Uh, of course, more history and birthdays. Uh, and then uh, we also kind of, we also continued into, once again, the the, the, the tournament to, uh, uh, yes, to uh, to and to beat the dragon tournament to try to add on to the add on to our winnings. Of, you know, uh, uh, of course, involving the like we said before, the infamous bonus game in current kind of Doe, which had to try to thwart the dragon in order to win some cash. 
But of course, like I said, didn't make it fair. Of course, if, if anyone earned any money before getting hit by that dragon, they would take that as well. So that kind of helped out a little bit there too, to make it more interesting. And of course, uh, anything you wish to add about Wolfpack this past Thursday? Not much. That was about it. About it. Okay. So the second installment of the radio network NWO Wolfpack call ID one three eight five two one pound is every Thursday night from nine to eleven p.m. Next up here, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we did have the Friday edition of Revolution last night, which was we did kind of extend that a little bit here, of course, with it being, of course, Friday night. We had a lot to, lot to discuss, a lot to talk about. King Ice, of course, once again popped on. Of course, King, King and W and the Iceman right here brought to you wrestling news and views. Uh, some interesting stories here, to say the least. Uh, Human Suplex Machine John Gross did not make it on. I did have the wrestling history and birthdays for uh, yesterday, which we had some very interesting moments Um there, there to say the least, of course, uh, um, of course, leading up towards, uh, including some moments, a moment from Clash, of, from Clash of the Champions to, to some infamous Monday Night Raw moments to uh, a couple of SmackDown moments, hey, to even some TNA stuff. We had pretty much, uh, we had pretty much, uh, like I said, all of it, all of it there. Uh, but nonetheless, it was, a, of course, a, a still a great show. We did also. Um, Kind of, in a way, finished off the tournament. Of course, like the human suplex machine, John Gross didn't make it on, but was having some technical difficulty. Um, but nonetheless, I think pretty much we can safely say that King W.O. kind of really pulled that, pulled that win off there. Uh, he got to actually win a, but in addition to earning almost six, over $6,000, he also managed to earn a couple of cars and all that. So he's, 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 he was he was happy uh, leaving Leaving the studio last night to say yes. as he was. Uh, JD, anything you wish to add about Revolution? Last it was night? Friday the thirteenth. However, we did have a little bad luck, obviously. However, with John not being on the line because of some uh, snafus. However, but unfortunately, however, we got through the night though. That's that's right, absolutely. And of course, um, of course, like we'll we'll definitely, uh, of course, John will be back. Like I said, with Raw Radio, but he'll be back on, of course, on the call instead of on the chat box. Hopefully, we'll. Have those snappers cleared off and all that in time for Raw Radio this coming Monday Monday afternoon. Uh, about said Monday night, but I know it's Monday afternoon. <laughs> um, but uh, but definitely Revolution. It's three times a week, ladies and gentlemen. Every Monday, when, I mean Tuesday, excuse me, Wednesday and Friday from nine to eleven p.m. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. And I thought, and in this particular more time, and then we'll go ahead to our mix here. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one four one three six four pound. You're listening to episode number thirty seven of WWS Power Hour here. Of course, like I said Saturday, January fourteenth, two thousand and seventeen. And of course, Mister WWS Champion Child back on the line here with you. Uh, joined now by the Iceman JD here, the Geralmo. Of course, JD, of course, uh, part of the Raw Radio team every Monday afternoon from three to five here on TalkShoot.com as well as, of course, a 2015 Hall of Famer, and also a big part of all of our other shows here in the radio network as well. Uh, JD, I thought we'd go ahead and take care of this today. Uh, the recent, the, the history and birthdays for today, we'll to take care of it here uh, to add a little bit more into the mix here. So I figured it'd be kind of fascinating to see what took place on this day uh, today, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, all right. quite the... Quite, his, quite unique right there, and so that way, I could we could take some. Uh, now I'll tell you what we'll do tomorrow's as well. 
We'll do right. tomorrow's. We'll do tomorrow's as well. Now you can tell John you don't have to worry about that on Monday afternoon. All right, I, and it should be a good show. We're gonna have a surprise return caller maybe joining us on Monday too. Oh, okay, excellent. Very good. Thank you very much, here, JD, for that update. Uh, this is for today, January the 14th, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see what we have on the wrestling history books here for today. Uh, let's see if I can get it pulled up here. Yes. Yes. Come here. Come here. Uh, <coughs> oh, where is it? Oh, yeah. 20, oh, well, oh, stay right where you are. 25 years ago today at a WCW Worldwide taping in Marietta, Georgia, Arn Anderson defeated the Z-Man to win the WCW World TV Championship. I uh, see 25 years ago, that would have put it at about 1992, I do believe. Yes. That sounds about right. That's, uh, 16 years ago, they put it at 2001. Ah, yes, I remember this. WCW presented Sin, which I believe was the very last pay-per-view they did. Yeah, in January. Uh, in January, right. From the Conseco Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, 6,617 were in attendance with 80,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. The show was originally thought to be the first pay-per-view of the... Okay, this is going to be interesting. This is the company that was going to buy WCW. Fusant, Fusant I guess how you, that's how you pronounce it, Media Ventures Era. Of course, in instance, the, the company had agreed to, in principle to buy WCW three days prior. It just so happened the sale came on the day that the AOL Tom Warner merger during the due diligence period, originally thought to be 45 days, new Turner programming president, Jamie Kellner, pulls the rug out from under them and cancels all WCW programming. With no television to promote future events, WCW became virtually worthless almost overnight. Fusion pulls out from the deal, and with no TV feature on the horizon, and WCW a huge money loser despite performing well compared to most cable shows, WCW folds up shop when the WWF buys them out two months later. As for the show, it's the most bought WCW event since Bash the Beach the previous summer. It's also down 35,000 homes from the event that it replaced, sold out in 2000. Hmm. Okay. And let's, say, let's, let's go through some of the matches that took place here at WCW Sin. Chavo Guerrero Jr. defeated Shane Helms to retain the Cruiserweight title. Reno defeated Big Vito. The Young Dragons, Young Yang and Kaz Hayashi, defeated Evan Courageous and Jamie Noble. Ernest Miller defeated Mike Sanders. Team Canada, Lance Storm, Mike Austin, and Helix Skipper defeated the Filthy Animals, Conan, Ray Jr., and Billy Kidman in a six-man penalty box match. Hacksaw Jim Duggan was the special referee. Ming defeated Terry Funk and Crowbar in a three-way match to win the hardcore title. The natural-born thrillers, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo, defeated the insiders, Kevin Nash and DDP, to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Shane Douglas defeated General Rection in a first-blood chain match to win the WCW United States title. Tony totally buffed Lex Luger and Buff Bagwell defeated Goldberg and Sergeant Dwayne Bruce in a no-DQ match. Per pre-match stipulations, Goldberg was fired from WCW. Yes, I remember that. Scott Steiner defeated Jeff Jarrett, Sid Vicious, and Animal in a four-corners match to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The bout went 
to a quick finish after Sid went off the second rope for a big boot and broke his leg in two places. The injury was not shown live as they were cut to a backstage statement where the, where the mystery man entered the bout, that man being Animal. For some particular reason, WCW airs footage of the injury the next time on Nitro, which is why the footage of the injury exists in the first place. Sid, who briefly considered retirement, would sue WCW for lost wages and damages in relation to the injury. Sid claimed he was asked to perform the move against his will, and when he got hurt, his salary was cut. In the end, Sid lost. WCW claimed they had full rights to air the footage, as well as Sid was paid through a disability insurance policy. The decision was held up on appeal in 2005. It took them that long to do that. Uh, uh, Raw, let's see, 14 years ago today, put it at uh, 2003, yes. WWE presented Raw 10th anniversary from Times Square in New York City. The show doubled as a retrospective of Raw's first decade and, and also as an award show. With eight awards given out, in addition, there was a tribute segment to wrestlers that had died during the period, including Andre the Giant, Joey Morella, Brian Pillman, Rick Rude, Owen Hart, Gorilla Monsoon, Yokozuna, and the British Bulldog. And here are some of the awards that were given out. Raw Diva of the Decade was Trish Stratus. The Don't Try This at Home Award was for Kurt Angle's Moonsault Off of the Cage. Tell Me I Did Not Just See That Award was Mick Foley's Me, Myself, and Cactus Jack. The Gimme the Mic Award went to The Rock for The Rock Says. The Shut Up and Kiss Me Award went to Stephanie and Triple H. The Network Difficulties Award went to Mae Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rock, that was Mark Henry when Mark Henry lost his lunch. Yeah, exactly. I thought a lot of people lost their lunch after saying that. <laughs> okay. Raw yeah, Superstar of the Decade was Stone Cold. Well deserved. And Raw Match of the Decade, TLC4, which put Spike, Dudley, Spike and Bubba Ray Dudley versus RVD and Jeff Hardy versus Jericho and Christian versus Kane and Hurricane. Hmm. The show also counted down the top ten moments in Raw history as selected by an online viewer poll. Not surprisingly, nine of the ten moments are from the memorable Attitude Era. But let me run these down. The top these are the top ten moments in Raw history according to this anniversary. But they said on this anniversary here. So listen very carefully, JD. Some that you might remember here, I think. Number ten, Rock, this is your life from yep. September twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine. Number nine, the Stone Cold Steve Austin mock funeral, April nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Number eight, which I thought this would be a little bit higher, but number eight, Shane McMahon buys WCW, March twenty sixth, two thousand and one. Number seven, Mr. Sacco and Dr. Austin, also known as Bedpan McMahon, on October 5th, 1999. Number six, DX Parodies, The Nation of Domination, July 6th, 1998. Number five, Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin, January 19th, 1998. Number four, DX Declares War on WCW, April 27th, 1998. Number three, The Rock challenges Hollywood Hogan 
to a match at WrestleMania, February 18th, 2000. These are some of the ones I did actually in the top ten earlier this week, however, on uh, when we were talking about it on the debate, however. And the funny thing you mentioned about the first one was uh, This Is Your Life, however. That was one of the last uh, sketches that Vince Russo would write for the WWE before he went off to WCW. Was he a week, yeah, he was hired a week later. Oh, okay. That's nice. Thank you very much, Rick J.D. Then the final, and the top two moments, number two, Raw is Owen. Yeah, I had that as one. That was my top one. I picked in my uh, top ten. May 24th, 1999. And number one, the Stone Cold Beer Bath, March 22nd, 1999. That was a great one right there. He sprayed down. (laughs) 11 years years ago, he put it at 2006 in Philadelphia. Brian Danielson, of course, we all know him as Daniel Bryan, defeated Homicide and Roderick Strong in a three-way match to win the FIP championship. On that same night, he defeated Chris Hero to retain the Ring of Honor World Championship. Hmm. Hmm. Ten years ago today, put at 2007, TNA presented final resolution for the Impact Zone at Universal Orlando. And here are some of the matches that took place. In a pre-show dark match, Jason and Johnny Riggs defeated Serotonin, Kazarian, and Havoc. In a pre-show dark match, Lance Hoyt defeated Dave Stevens. There's some of the actual matches here. Rhino defeated AJ Styles in the last man standing match. Chris Saban defeated Christopher Daniels and Jerry Lynn in a three-way match to win the NWA exhibition title. Alex Shelley defeated Austin Starr to win the Paparazzi Championship Series. Hmm. James Storm defeated Pity Williams. Yeah. The LAX, the Latin American Exchange, Homicide and Hernandez, defeated Team Th- excuse me, defeated Team 3D by DQ to retain the NWA World Tag Team titles. Kurt Angle defeated Samoa Joe 3-2 in a 30-minute Ironman match. The first three falls all came by submission, with Samoa Joe getting the lead, then Angle scoring consecutive falls. Joe tied it up with 7.41 left, and Angle took the lead again with 5.19 and held on for the win. And also, Chris, Christian Cage and a Christian. Ugh, crap. Oh, I'll talk in a minute. Christian Cage defeated a bit and Steen in the elimination match to win the NWA Heavyweight Championship. Cage would be the last NWA World Champion under the TNA banner as NWA cut, as, as NWA cut ties with TNA that summer. Uh, eight years ago today, put it at 2009. WWE releases a few notable names, including referee Mickey Hansen, Tefanef winner Matt Capitelli, and Kate Vanson. Hmm. Capitelli was diagnosed with a grade two, two-third astrocytoma, uh, or brain cancer, lasted a, less than a month after he won the OVW heavyweight title. Kelly was among those on that to be called to the main roster at the time. Matt would have had to do this in 2007 make a, make a full recovery. They the beginner's program for Ohio Valley Wrestling. Paige hmm. Vanson made a single appearance with WWE, cutting a vignette promo on The Undertaker. The angle was abruptly ended when Vincent Mann decided not to trust a new talent with such a major angle. Kevin Fertig, who was Mordecai and Kevin Thorne, was to be associated with the angle. He was released a few days earlier. Okay. I didn't say anything about the referee there. He just, okay. Five well, Mickey Henson, I think, was Mickey J. Yeah, he was. 
and uh, there was in WCW also as well. So. Yes. Uh, five years ago today, put it at 2012, the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia holds what was originally its final wrestling event after it was, it was taken over by new management. A boxing card was to be the final event held in the building. Originally pegged for renovations, the venue would reopen in 2013 when the proposed renovations never happened. The renovations were finally completed in 2014 and currently seats 2,300 people. The 2,300 arena, known as the world's most famous bingo hall, is still running events to this day. The building will host a, box, a boxing card later this month, an MMA event, and Philly Fashion Week next month, and two wrestling events in April. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. So the, East, the former ECW arena is still, like I said, active to this day. That's very good. Uh, four years ago today, put it at 2013, Raw presented its 20th anniversary special from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. And here's some of the matches that took place there. Wade Barrett defeated Randy Orton. Kane defeated Damian Sandow. Caitlin defeated Eve to win the WWE Divas title. The bout would be the last for the 2007 Divas search winner. Eve Torres cited burnout and wanted and wanted to spend more time with her fiance and work on her own self-defense program. Okay. CM Punk defeated Brodus Clay. 3MB, Heath Slater, Drew McIntyre, and Jinder Mahal defeated Sheamus in a handicap over-the-top challenge. Daniel Bryan defeated Cody Rhodes. And John Cena defeated Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage match. Three years, three years ago today, we actually, sadly, back in 2014, we sadly lost uh, a very unique individual. Johnny Mae Young dies of natural causes in her home in Columbia, South Carolina, just days after her death was initially erroneously was reported. She was 90 years old. She was born March 12, 1923, in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Johnny May was the youngest of eight children in a single mother household. Her mother, Lily May's partner, left to find work and never returned. In high school, with the help of teaching of her brothers, she wrestled for the high school boys' wrestling team. While still in high school, Young went to a professional uh, wrestling show in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and challenged then-champion Mildred Burke. As she was told by promoters she couldn't wrestle the champion, she challenged Mildred's opponent for the evening, Gladys Gilliam, to a shoot fight. May quickly won. That got May in the door, promoter Billy Wolf, and May would leave home two years later to become a pro wrestler. When May Young began, began wrestling, wrestling professionally, depends on who's telling the story. May claimed at different points in her life to, be, life to begin wrestling around ni- in 1939 and 1940. Wrestling Observer Newsletter is Dave Meltzer believes her career began in 1941, so there are no written records of May wrestling prior to that year. That year, Young and Mildred Burke wrestled for famed Canadian promoter Stu Hart. On December 7th, the day of the Pearl Harbor bombing, May was wrestling in Memphis. With many men, many men off the fight during World War II, May used this as an opportunity to expand women's wrestling. Fighting occasionally as the Queen and the great Mae Young, but usually under her real name, Young would find success all over the world, becoming the NWA's first Florida women's champion in 1951 and the first NWA United States women's champion in 1968. In 1956, Young was a part of a battle royal 
determine the new NWA World Women's Champion. The Battle Royal would be won by her friend and future protege, Lillian Ellison, also known as the Fabulous Moolah. In 1991, the 68-year-old young quit the wrestling business and moved to California to care for her ailing mother. After briefly taking on a lifestyle as a Christian evangelist, she moved in with the fabulous Moolah and fellow women's wrestler Katie Glass in Columbia, South Carolina. The arrangement lasted until Moolah's death in November of 2007. In September 1999, Young made her WWF debut at the ripe age of 76, when she was seated with the fabulous Moolah. Jarrett invi- invited Moolah to the ring and smashed a guitar over her head. When May tried to come to Moolah's aid, aid, she wound up in the figure four. Young and Moolah would become regulars on WWF programming, usually providing comedy relief, comic relief and occasionally competing in tag team bouts. Her most notable moments in the WWF came in 2000. First at the Royal Rumble, she removed her top during the contest. Oh. <laughs> Though it was thought that she got naked, she was wearing a prosthesis. Around that time, she began a May, between a May and December romance with Mark Henry. And Mark Young would be powerbombed by Bubba Ray Dudley on consecutive episodes of Raw is War. The, the second one, where Young was bound to a wheelchair before being powerbombed off, off the stage, is often described as the most famous or infamous powerbomb in WWE history, a true story, May chastised Bubba backstage for holding back on the second powerbomb. She gave birth prematurely to a rubber hand. Young would make occasional appearances, usually with the fabulous Moolah, over the next few years. Like in 2002, when she helped Moolah promote her autobiography, The Fabulous Moolah, First Goddess of the Squared Circle, in 2003, where she performed a Bronco Buster on Eric Bischoff, and in a backstage segment at SummerSlam 07, just before Moolah's passing. In 2008, May was inducted into the Hall of Fame by Pat Patterson. Four years earlier, she would join the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. In November 2010, on an old-school edition of Raw, Young defeated Lay Cool in a Falls Count Anywhere handicap match, making Young the first person to wrestle past her 80th birthday and the first person to wrestle in nine different decades. Wow. In a rare bit of continuity, Young in 2012 showed up with a man dressed in a giant hand costume. The man claimed to be Mark Henry's son, born from the infamous Thousand storyline. May continued to make occasional appearances until March 4, 2013, on another old-school role where fellow wrestlers celebrated her 90th birthday. Backstage, Young was presented with a personalized WWE Divas Championship belt. I remember that. I saw that moment. On New Year's Eve 2013, Young was reported to have been hospitalized and in poor health. The Charleston Post and Courier erroneously reported her death on January 9, 2014, but she would die five days later of natural causes at her home in Columbia, South Carolina. She was 90. Her cremated remains were scattered at Greenlawn Memorial Park, the same cemetery where her longtime friend, the fabulous Mua, was buried. <clears throat> Two years ago today, put it at 2015, Let's see. Charges against Kevin Nash for assaulting his 18-year-old son, Kristen, in their Volusia County, Florida home were dropped. The assault occurred back on Christmas Eve when a verbal altercation between the two over Christian's relationship turned violent. Police say that alcohol may have been a factor in the altercation. Kristen was also arrested and charged with battery. 
The charges led Kevin to be indefinitely suspended by the WWE for violating the company's domestic abuse policy, the first high-profile suspension by the company since the guidelines were updated in the wake of the NFL's Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson scandals. Kevin's suspension would be lifted two days later. Two years ago, <clears throat> today, North Jersey, put also 2015, NorthJersey.com reported the Izod Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, would likely close at the end of the month. The building opened as the Brendan Byrne Arena in 1981 to accommodate the NBA's New York Nets moving to New Jersey. Also became the home of the NHL's New Jersey Devils when they moved from Colorado in 1982. It sat right across the street from Meadowlands Stadium and the stadium that replaced it in 2010, Life Stadium, the home of the NFL's New York Giants and New York Jets. In 1996, Continental Airlines bought the naming rights to the building that was named Continental Airlines Arena. In 2007, clothing company Izod took over the naming rights after the New Jersey Devils left the building for the Prudential Center in Newark. Following the 2009 season, the Nets left as well, first for Newark, then for the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. The building played host of four Stanley Cup Finals, two NBA Finals, the 1996 NCAA Men's Basketball Final Four, and three SummerSlam events, 89-97, which was the first televised wrestling event from the state after a media tax was lifted, and also in 2007. And we're actually set to host a fourth that summer with the closure. The event was moved to Barclays Center in Brooklyn, where it's been for the last two years. The building actually closed in March of 2015, just days after it hosted its final event, the Ringling Brothers Circus, in August 2016, the New Jersey Sports and Exposition Authority, the building's owners, and the Prudential Center, which has the hosting rights for all the events in the building through the end of the year, agreed to make the venue a rehearsal facility for musical acts. The building is closed to the public. Hmm. Good. I did not know that. <clears throat> today's, uh, today's a happy 31st birthday to pro wrestler slash mixed martial artist Matthew Frederick Riddle, or simply Matt Riddle. Born in Alltown, Pennsylvania, uh, same town as Billy Kidman, I think. Yes. And, and growing up in Saratoga Springs, New York, Riddle was a state and national wrestling champion for Saratoga High School in his senior year. He wrestled for two years in college for East Stroudsburg University, Pennsylvania, but when his wrestling coach was fired, he lost his scholarship. It was then Riddle turned to MMA, working as a roofer, he made little or no money, so he could not train at a gym. He learned it from a book, B.J. Penn's Mixed Martial Arts, The Book of Knowledge. He took that knowledge with him to the seventh season of The Ultimate Fighter in 2008. In his qualifying match, he defeated Dan Simler early in the second round in what was called one of the biggest knockouts in the show's history. Riddle was eliminated via submission in the tournament's first round by Tim Cruder. Cruder, who made it to the Final Four, bought Riddle an Xbox 360 with his winnings, Riddle had issues in the house with Dante Rivera, with the more experienced Rivera saying on multiple occasions that he would retire if Riddle defeated him. Riddle, in his official, in his official professional MMA debut, defeated Rivera at the Ultimate Fighter seventh finale via unanimous decision. Rivera didn't make good on his promise to retire, but he was released by the UFC. Riddle would go on to win nine of his twelve UFC fights, but two of them were overturned to no contest. A submission win over Chris Clements at UFC 149 in July 2012, and a split decision win over Che Mills 
at UFC on Field TV in February of 2013 due to failing post-match positive drug test. The two failed tests in such a short time span and in his time in UFC. At the time of his release, he was actually third all-time in takedown defense at 89.3%. After signing with Bellator MMA in May 2013, Riddle cracked his rib and had to pull out of an upcoming welterweight tournament. He briefly retired, but came out of retirement to fight at Bellator 109. The fight never took place as Riddle pulled out a second time and was subsequently released without ever competing for the promotion. Matt's final MMA bout came for Titan FC against former UFC fighter, another former UFC fighter, and Michael Coopier in February 2014. Matt won via guillotine choke. Riddle was expected to challenge for the vacant TFC welterweight title in August, but the fight never happened. His opponent, Jose Landy Johns, had visa issues while Riddle had an injury. In October 2014, Riddle began transitioning to professional wrestling. He debuted for the New Jersey-based Monster Factory in February 2015, but five months later, he would win their heavyweight. He would win their heavyweight championship. He soon signed with the World Wrestling Network to participate in October's Evolve events which got him a tryout with WWE. Though nothing came out of his WWE tryout, Riddle continued to pile up his resume. In January 2016, Riddle won the Evolve Style Battle Tournament. That April, he signed a long-term deal with WWN, Evolve's parent company. In October, he debuted for Southern California-based Pro Wrestling Guerrilla for their annual Battle of Los Angeles tournament. He was ousted in the first round by Kyle O'Reilly. In October, he debuted for House of Glory in a losing effort to Cody Rhodes. Next Saturday, Riddle will debut for British-based promotion Revolution Pro Wrestling and will challenge Katsuyori Shibata for the undisputed British Heavyweight Championship. Hmm. Riddle is a father of three with twin daughters and a son. But that's your history for today. Now let's... Um, now let's see. Let's go. Let's see here. Uh, okay, well, we're going to see. Let me see if I can find like an older one for. We're not be able to. It might be the same thing if we try it tomorrow. Talk about tomorrow. So let me start doing that here. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, I'll use. I'm sure it's going to be the same thing anyway. So I will. Read, I will go ahead and read this. This came. February fifteenth of last year, but after we'll it, it should be it should it may still be pretty much the same thing. So some of the same stuff I'm sure happened. So um, we'll, t- we'll we'll just bring this up here. We'll just use this for. And of course, if John wants to repeat some, uh, JD, he can too. So that way, and some of it might be the same thing. So if he wants to do that, that's fine. All right. Okay. Twenty-seven years ago today, we put it at nineteen. Let's see. Uh, 27, let's see, zero. 1990, there you go. WWE presented the Royal Rumble from the summit in Houston. No, I'm sorry, that was, uh, that was, the 27? Okay, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy, uh, last year, so that would have been in 89. Okay, that's right. Okay. So it'd be 28 years ago. We have to, we just had to think a year ahead here. So 20, it was 28 years ago, but 1989. Uh, WWE uh, presented the Royal Rumble from the summit in Houston, Texas. That's right. I remember that pay-per-view. I got it on DVD, as a matter of fact. 
About 19,000 were in attendance with 165,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. This was the pay-per-view debut of the event, as the previous one was broadcast as a television special on the USA Network. That's right. The show, the show also featured a pose-down between the Ultimate Warrior and Ravishing Rick Rude. Star ratings are from Wrestling Observer Newsletters. They announced ratings are out of a possible size. Okay? Here are some of the matches that took place at this match. In a dark match, Jim Powers defeated Barry Horowitz. Another dark match, Sam Houston, our friend Sam Houston, defeated Steve Lombardi. And here are some other, here are the other matches that took place. Jim Duggan and the Hart Foundation, of course, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, defeated Dino Bravo and the Fabulous Rougeos, Jacques and Raymond, and two out of two, two to one in the best three, best of three falls match. Jacques Rougeau defeated Bret Hart to win the first fall, and Jacques to tie up the bat. Duggan nailed Dino Bravo with a two-by-four board, leading Bret to pin Bravo to win the match. Next up, Mark and Robin defeated Judy Martin to retain his championship. Uh, that match, the, 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 the first one got a 2.25 2, out of 5, by the way. The women's match got a 1.25 out of 5. Haku defeated Harley Race. And of course, Big John, Big John Studd wins the Royal Rumble match, last eliminating the million dollar man. Also, a side nugget. At just under 65 minutes, it's, a, it's at the time the longest completed match in WWF history. Matches had gone longer, but both had to end the curfew regulations. Ironically, both of them involved no San Martino. The record has been broken most recently by the 2011 match that just went for seven minutes. Uh, and of course, like I said, they got a run down here of all the men. I'll throw it out here real fast. Uh, first entrant was Action Demolition. That was perfect. Smash of Demolition was number two, Andre. Number three, Andre was eliminated by himself. He eliminated himself. Four, was eliminated by Hulk Hogan. Five, Ronnie Garvin was eliminated by Andre. Six, Rick Valentine was eliminated by Randy Savage. Seven, Jake Roberts was eliminated by Andre. At number eight, Ron Bass was eliminated by both. Number nine, Shawn Michaels, Arn Anderson, and Randy Savage. Then Bushwhacker Butch was eliminated by Matt Brown and Hulk Hogan. And we're living in the Honky Tonk by, uh, let's see, I think it was Butch and Tito Santana. Number 12, by Randy Savage and Arn Anderson. Number 13, eliminated by Hogan. Number 14, Honky Tonk was eliminated by Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Number 15, Randy Savage, number, number 16, Arn Anderson, and number 17, were all eliminated by Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was eliminated by Keen and Bossman, Twin Towers. Number 19, Bushwhacker, number 19, Bushwhacker Luke, 20, Coco Beware, number 21, The Warden, and number 22, The Bossman was eliminated by Hogan. Number 23, was eliminated by Big John Studd. 24, Bruce Beacon, by The Barbarian and Ted DiBiase. Five, the Red Rooster was eliminated by Ted DiBiase. Number 26, the Barbarian, <laughs> from Martino. Number 27, Big John Stead, of course, won the Royal Rumble. Number 28, Hercules was eliminated by both Barbarian and Ted DiBiase. Number 29, Rick Martell was eliminated by Akeem. And number 30, Ted DiBiase was eliminated by Big John Stead. Uh, of course, also some side notes right here for this. 
Hulk Hogan eliminated 10 wrestlers, a record that would stand until Kane eliminated 11 in 2001. One of the 10 eliminated was the Warlord, who just lasted two seconds. That record stood until Santino Morello lasted 1.9 seconds in 2009. I remember that. This was the first Royal Rumble to feature 30 entrances, by the way. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's see here. I'll let, we'll put this at 2006 on this day. I mean, on tomorrow's date, TNA presented final resolution for the Impact Zone at Universal Orlando. In a pre-show match, Team Canada, Pete Williams, Eric Young, and A1 defeated Lance Hoyt, Jay Lethal, and Kenny King. In another pre-show match, the LAX, Homicide, and Conan defeated the Naturals, Andy Douglas, and Chase Stevens. Alex Shelley, Austin Aries, and Roderick Strong defeated Chris Saban, Matt Bentley, and Sanjay Dutt. <clears throat> the James Gang, BG, and Kip defeated David Young and Elix Skipper. AJ Styles defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. Sean Waltman defeated Raven in a Raven rule, Raven's Rules match. Larry Zabisco was the referee. Bobby Roode defeated Ron Killings. Abyss defeated Rhino. America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm, defeated Team 3D, Brother Devon and Brother Ray, to retain the T- NWA World Tag Team titles. Samoa Joe defeated Christopher Daniels to retain the TNA Exhibition title. And the team of Christian Cage and Sting defeated Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown. Uh, this is, it would be five years ago, put it at 2012 in Oakland, California. Primo and Epico defeated Air Boom, Evan Bourne, and Kobe Keaston to win the WWE Tag Team titles. It is the last time a WWE Championship changed hands at a non-televised event. Uh, see, this would be here four years four years ago, uh, which would put it at 2013. Yes, TNA voluntarily dropped their lawsuit against WWE over office staff member Brian Wittenstein obtained confidential documents relating to TNA, including talent contracts. This came around the time that Ric Flair asked for his release from TNA, though Flair was released prior to the lawsuit being filed. Contrary to popular rumor, WWE was allowed to hire or negotiate with ex-TNA talent and TNA talents whose contracts were expiring. As part of the settlement, both sides agreed to, agreed to pay for their own legal costs Lawsuit soon that did open the door for Flair to return to WWE. Uh, one year ago, it should be like, I think two years ago today, 2015, WWE Immortals is released for Android and iOS devices. The game developed by NetherRealm Studios, the people behind the most recent Mortal Kombat games, incorporates elements from the Injustice Gods Among Us mobile game and WWE Brawl, a canceled fighting game developed by THQ. Two years ago today, uh, 2015, WWE announces a tough enough reboot is in the works and has been picked up by the USA Network. And this is the following mentioned by WWE.com. I am pleased to announce that USA is bringing back Tough Enough, the action-packed competition reality show for the ratings juggernaut WWE. Cumber said in a speech today during the Television Critics Association Winter Press Tour, the show will have a completely new format with live elements that will truly make this, this event television. The cover did continue. After signing another multi-year deal for Raw and SmackDown, this is the perfect time to bring back the series and capitalize on the enormous audience appeal of sports entertainment. The Tepanoff reboot was, a largely, a, was largely a disappointment 
as the premiere was watched by just 1.2 million viewers and the show bottoming, bottoming out at a little over 900,000 viewers near the end, small potatoes compared to the 2 million per episode from the 2011 edition. It is, as I said, today, well, yes, last year we've been 20 minutes. Today is happy 30th birthday to two-time Shimmer Tag Team Champion and Shimmer Champion Nicole Matthews. Hmm. Born in Coquitlam, British Columbia, Canada, she was convinced to try professional wrestling by her friend and fellow wrestler, Sid Silem. She made her professional debut in February 2006. A month later, she debuted for Supergirls Wrestling, a subsidiary of NWA Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling. In October 2006, she would win the championship in a three-way match involving Natty Neidhart and Veronica Vice. She would hold the championship until the following April when Vice defeated her. Nicole would regain the title in March 2008 from Penny Lane and hold it for nearly a year before losing it again to Vice. Her most famous work came with Shimmer, with Shimmer Women Athletes. After being initially rejected by the promotion in 2006, after she went after she sent a demo tape, she joined the company in October 2007 when Portia Perez needed a tag team partner. The duo formed the Canadian Ninjas, or the Canadian National International Nation of Jalapeno Awesomeness. This is a real name. Okay. In May 2009, the Ninjas defeated Ashley Lane and Navea to win the, the Shimmer Tag Team titles. They would hold the championship for nearly 700 days, not losing them until March 2011, when they were defeated by Hiroyo Matsumoto and Misaki Ohata. Bless you. During that walk. Hmm? Bless you, I said. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? During that long title reign, the duo also took part in the lone season of WrestleLicious as the Naughty Girls, Hope and Faith. Hope was Nicole, while Portia was Faith. Okay, Matthews would win the Supergirls Championship for a third time in October 2010, holding it for nearly a year before being defeated by Casey Spinelli. I've heard that name before. I don't know where I heard that. The Ninjas would win the title a second time at an NCW Finn Fatales event in July 2012, just one night after being defeated by Courtney Rush and Sarah Del Rey for the titles in a four-team elimination match. The Ninjas held the championship until the following April when they were defeated by Kelly Skater and Tomoka Nakagawa, the Global Green Gangsters. Whoa, Triple G. Okay. On October 18, 2014, Nicole Matthews, with the help of a fireball to mass in Eagle's face, won a fatal four-way elimination match to become the new Shimmer champion. Nicole would hold the title for nearly a year for losing it last October, or before last, in a no-DQ match to Eagles, or to Madison Eagles, okay, all right. Matthews, a two-time ECCW champion, is a former swimmer and lifeguard as an aquatic program supervisor. She also, she also, she's also studied Kinesiology, K-I-N-E-S-I-O-L-O-G-Y, part-time at Simon Fraser University in Burnaby, British Columbia. She ranked 16th in the 2015 WA Female 50, their annual list of the world's best female wrestlers. It's a, also a happy 30, it'd be probably now 30th birthday, as well for Barbara Jean Blank. Known, of course, these days as Barbie Blank. She was also best remembered as WWE Diva Kelly Kelly. Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. How old is she, 30? 
Uh, well, last year she would have been 29, so yeah, this year she would have been 30. Nice. Happy 30th to her. Well, tomorrow. I'm sorry, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Tomorrow, but she will be 30, yeah. No, I'm doing this for tomorrow, so. Oh, okay. I just. Yeah, and like I said, you have to redo this to make sure oh, that it might still be right. Born in Jacksonville, Florida, the longtime wrestling fan with a gymnast in her Denver days. For an injury, forced her to leave the sport. She took up cheerleading and broadcast journalism, hoping to become a news anchor. I did hear about that, I remember. While working as a bikini model for Hawaiian travel convenience swimwear, Barbie was scouted by WWE official John Laurinaitis. Despite having no formal wrestling training, Blanket, just 19, was offered a WWE contract in May 2006. On her early days on the main roster, she traveled to Ohio Valley Wrestling's home base in Louisville between shows and worked as a ring announcer, referee, and also as a wrestler. Blank debuted for the rebooted ECW as Kelly Kelly. Originally, it was just it was it was to be just one Kelly, but WWE Chairman Vince McMahon made two Kellys. Um, thank you, Vince. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, really, no kidding. Thank you. Exactly. No, 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 no. Yeah. Kelly Kelly was an exhibitionist performing striptease for the crowd. This was something that riled up her own her on-screen boyfriend Mike Knox, who would interrupt her routine. Eventually, Kelly's expose became extreme expose, which included fellow swimsuit model Brooke Adams and Diva Search winner Layla L. The trio performed regular dance segments for ECW shows. After the group split up in late 2007, Kelly began taking taking on more a more active in-ring role. Moving to Raw in July 2008, she occasionally challenged for the Divas title, but would never win it. She moved to SmackDown in early 2010 and chased Lay Cool's WWE Women's Championship, but would never win it either. A little over a year later, Kelly returned to Raw, and on June 15, she won a fan vote to challenge for Brie Bella's Divas title. And Kelly would win. She held the title for just over three months before losing it to Beth Phoenix in Hell in a Cell. That same year, Kelly appeared on The Price is Right with the Bella Twins and was listed among Maxim Magazine's Hot 100, of course, at number 82. She would make the list again in the next year at number, whoa, a big jump to number 38. Yes. However, her feud with Phoenix would continue until WrestleMania 2028, where Kelly and extra correspondent Maria Menounos defeated Phoenix and Eve Torres in a tag team match. Kelly would take a leave of absence in the summer, turned in August for the win over Eve. It would turn out to be her last television match. Blank was released from her contract in late September. Blank revealed the reason for her absence in a December 2012 interview, citing a neck injury and plans to resume her modeling career. Save for an appearance for Northeast Wrestling in late 2012, Blank's largely been away from the wrestling business. Barbie was in a, and I did not know this either, Barbie was in a relationship with Andrew Martin, of course, I remember as Tess, for two and a half years, which ended just before Martin's death in 2009. In August 2014, she got engaged to former ice hockey player Sheldon Saray. Blank these days is a part of the e-reality series Bags, which follows the lives of the wives and girlfriends of athletes. Huh. I did not know that. I did not know she was brief, she briefly dated Tess. I didn't know that. Crazy. Yeah, she and Tess were together for a little bit. And uh, tomorrow will be the 47th birthday, just going by with what was posted last year, to former WWE Executive Vice President of Global Media and hardcore European champion Shane McMahon. Shane, how old is he held? 47? 
40, well, yeah, last year was 40, he turned 46 oh, on, on the 15th. So, yeah, so it'll be 47 tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Huh. Of course, this is not updated, but after leaving WWE in 2010, he became the CEO of China Broadcasting, known today as You On Demand. He stepped down after three years, but remains their principal executive officer and chairman of the board. And, of course, nowadays, excuse me, this will probably be updated when they do the list tomorrow. He is now, of course, uh, Commissioner of SmackDown Live. He's back at WWE. Hmm. There is for for Sunday, like I said, John will probably update this for Sunday um, on uh, Raw Radio on Monday afternoon. So, ladies and gentlemen, definitely that as well. Uh, let's go ahead and write a nice rundown. We're already a little bit past three. That's okay. We'll go, we all have to go over a little bit over here. That's that's fine. Right. Let's go into what we have on tap here for the, <clears throat> let's see here. For the, um, like I said, uh, the number of downloads, I'm sure everyone will love is dying to hear all this. So we'll run this down here real fast. Outside the ropes, uh, let me see here. So far for this week, uh, so far, believe it or not, no one has downloaded it here yet. So uh, hopefully that will change here. Um, that will change here by by, uh, by after after this after this week. So with officially uh, after tonight, I guess. Uh, we'll check, go ahead and check Power Hour. Uh, right now, even though we don't have any uh, episodes recorded, there's already two downloads already for Power Hour. Not too bad. They're uh, just downloading the past episodes there. Top Heel Inc., I'm sure, has to have some very impressive numbers here. Uh, let's see how Top Heel Inc. did here this week. Uh, uh, one download here so far, but that number, of course, will change. Uh, let's see here. No, 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 Let's see. Wrestling Revisited. We're definitely going to check that out. Of course, let's see how Wrestling Revisited took place here this week. Uh, of course, after ending last week with three, so far it is up to, right now it's up to one. So, I mean, like I said, these numbers are updated as of real early this morning. So, I mean, they they could change at any time. They always do. They, they always do here. Uh, because our guys here do a fine job with them all. It's not them. It's just that, like I said, talk show gets a little bit behind and updating half this stuff anyway. Wrestling debate here. Uh, let's see. Uh, right now, wrestling debate doesn't have any either, but of course, it will. It will hopefully change here soon. Um, so we would like to continue to check out all these shows here for us, here, folks. Uh, now, JD is the one JD wants to hear about. He wants to hear about Raw Radio. After his hiatus, Christmas and New Year's, see how the let's see how the show came in. The first show, officially of 2017, uh, did, and so far it has very impressive. JD, it's up to uh, for this week. So far, you're up to three downloads. Which is how many? Two, three. Three. Okay. For, for, for the first one of 2017, it's not too bad. So there you go. Um, but of course, like I said, more more times. It could be up. It could be. It could be downloads more times here before the weekend. Uh, let's check on NWO Wolfpack. Let's see how. Uh, well, we will, okay, here we go. Let's see. NWO Wolfpack here. Let's see how we did here after two downloads last the end of last week, and this week so far it only has one. But of course that number could change. Uh, of course, now the next one we'll definitely check is the Mothership or Self Revolution. Of course, without Revolution, you wouldn't have all the rest of these shows here at all. Uh, let's see how Revolution fared here this week. 
Revolution only fared with six. The last uh, after after the end of after the uh, end of last week, Revolution this week so far is gaining up there. It's up to five, so it's gaining up there. They have not counted in last night's episode, but it will probably be counted in here uh, very 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 soon. And one more that we will check, of course, is the promotions itself. Of course, that, uh, that I always do, of course, to promote our shows. So that way everyone can take a listen to what we have on tap. Uh, which is end up with two downloads as well. So uh, not too shabby. Um, the numbers are small. I mean, you're going to expect that probably the first couple of weeks here in uh, here in the radio network here. Um, but uh, that's okay because, like I said, I mean, they're all not going. They're all not going to be. Um, they're all perfect. Not gonna be perfect. Yeah, we're we're not trying to be perfect. We just want to try to bring you some great listeners here. We'll bring you some great talk and all that stuff. But you know, if we get some good numbers like that here, uh, but like these numbers are, are probably going to end up changing here probably sometime. So they'll probably update these later in the day or sometime here in the um, this evening or tomorrow or something like that. Uh, JD. In, just keep listening, people. We encourage it all the time. Absolutely. We do thank you very much. <clears throat> On that note there, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for this extended edition of those of U.S. Of course, like I said, for Saturday, February 17th, uh, once again, do want to thank you, Jared DiGirolamo, for joining me here this afternoon. It's Jim, along with King NWO, Gerard King Smith, that's Machine John Gross. Yes, uh, Monday afternoon that's the best which of course we'll have some, we'll have a, a lot more great stuff here. Uh, I'm sure to see on Monday afternoon. Uh, of course, please be sure to join us for all of our shows here. Uh, of course, like I said, Raw Radio, Outside the Ropes, Wrestling Pop Inc., WWS of course, NWO Wolfpack, and of course, as always, remember, ladies and gentlemen, in the event any of these shows cannot do not take place. We will do our best to try to substitute that with an episode right on the WWUS Wrestling Profile. We'll definitely take a listen to a lot of those episodes that we've done here in the past, and we'll come up with some more ideas for that here coming up here in the near future. Of course, Wrestling Profile, as always, is 142-241-POUND. If you want to catch up on any of the past episodes we've done on done on, on Profile here in recent memory. So for the Iceman, J.D., Jeremy Geralmo, this is Mr. WWUS Chad Shaw. Thank you so much for joining us here for number 37 of Power Hour. Be sure to listen to all of our shows here this coming week <clears throat> and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Uh, for now, Power Hour is a broadcast of the WWUS radio network right here on TalkShoe.com. We're over one year older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. JD, take care. See you in the ring. And, of course, everyone as well. And take care. We will, and we will talk to you here this week. Here, of course, starting with Raw Radio and all of our other shows. Take care. See you in the ring. And as always, here in the WWS Radio Network. God bless. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.